Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Title 42 will come to a close, and to deal with it, the Biden administration is going to send 1,500 troops to the southern border. Title 42 is what allowed expulsion of illegal immigrants to be so easy, even people here legally. Nope, we've got a health crisis, you gotta go. Nope, we got a health crisis, you gotta go. Nope, we got a health crisis, you gotta go. But now we're putting uh, the health crisis to an end. Not immediately. No, on, 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 on May 11th. But we, we gotta take our time with these things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Maybe you gotta give it a little time because you gotta get the troops down there. But 1,500 troops is not the answer. More border patrol agents who are able to do their job and not work on humanitarian things, that's the answer. If border patrol, as they tell us, and I know this because I was in the room when it got said, are spending 75% of their time on humanitarian issues, that's 25% of their time on apprehensions, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work, that's valueless. Now you're going to send down 1,500 troops, 1,500 temporary troops. Why not just fund more Border Patrol agents? Why are there more cops in New York City than there are Border Patrol agents on the southern and northern border? Why why is that? Now, maybe you can tell me, well, we don't actually need as many uh, troops on the border uh, as opposed to the amount of cops in New York City because they perform different functions. Okay, meaning you're putting the money towards the technology necessary to be able to locate people as they're trying to cross. Oh, you're not doing that either. Then what in the world are you doing? What's the actual plan here? Because it doesn't seem like that there is much of a plan here at all. The deploying of troops coinciding with Title 42 is the recognition that everything we have said about the border being open is completely and totally legitimate. And all the people saying that the border isn't open have been lying through their teeth. The border is indeed open. Well, Tony, if the border was open, people wouldn't be waiting for something. They would just be coming across. Well, okay, you got me there. It's not open, open. It's just, you know, open. (laughs) Because it is. Because it's exactly what's going on. You already have people crossing at a rate that is hard to fathom. With a border that is hard to control. And yet you have the White House trying to tell Americans that this is real. He has tools that he's used to to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has it has um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than ninety percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. You think illegal migration has come down 
more than 90% because of Biden's actions, or are you trying to make it specific to this? Uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. Because of this parolee thing? Anybody who believes that uh, migration is down because of Joe Biden is a liar. I mean, it's just a lie at this stage of the game. And it doesn't help. We're all hurt by it. Republican and Democrat, we're hurt by it. We're hurt by what's happening at the border. And we're hurt by the lies of people like Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. Because she's not being honest. There's no honesty here about the border. The only honest answer is we cannot keep up because we refuse to keep up. And even if we didn't refuse to keep up, we would still have some serious, serious issues. This border is not easy. And the cartels have made it much, much tougher. Is it impossible? Nothing's impossible. Don't be crazy. Nothing's impossible. But it can't be it can't be said enough. This administration is doing nothing. This administration has been an open book. And when I say the border is open and then say, well, Tony, if it's open, why aren't they coming now? You know, I went through that whole thing. People are coming in record numbers. Record numbers. And they're all being taught to lie. They're all being taught that they can just claim asylum and everything will be okay. Three to five years of not having to worry about anything. That is if the system even gets to you. If the system gets to you. Well, if this is going to be the situation, why in the world would you get rid of Title 42? Well, if you put an end to a, uh, a, a health directive, if, if, if you put an end to saying that you have to have uh, vaccinations in order to get government jobs or travel into the country or, or all these other things where we made the vaccine something that was required and now all of a sudden it's not required. So all of the employers, I don't mean to get sidetracked here, all the employers who force their employees to get vaccines, now what? Are you still doing it? Did you, did you force them to save themselves? Just remember, if you're a CEO that forced vaccines on your employees, um, you'll always be guilty. There's always going to be a small spot in hell for you. Forced vaccines. That's some disgusting stuff. You see, if I work for you and you tell me I have to wear a hard hat and certain protective gear, okay. At the end of the day, I take it off, I go home. The vaccine is with you for forever. And I've never been an anti-vax guy, but we should all be clear on what CEOs did. Quite literally, your money or your life, right? Do this or you don't have a career. You really did wield some power over people, didn't you, CEOs? You must be proud of yourselves. Meanwhile, do you know the numbers of people that were coming into the country with COVID? Hundreds a day. As told to me when I was at the border, hundreds a day at times. People sneaking into the country known known to have COVID. But couldn't keep them. We told Americans 
to stay in their homes. We told Americans not to visit their sick grandmother. We told Americans who were married for 50 years, they couldn't say goodbye to their dying spouse because COVID. It's a place in hell for all those people too, by the way. And if you think that I'm being a little rough and tumble on the subject, trust me when I say, I'm holding it in, kids. But yet we had people coming across the border with COVID. We knew it. We did nothing. The unseriousness of it all. And I would say this to any CEO, nose to nose, nose to nose. You forced uh, your employee to get uh, COVID or get fired. You're disgusting. Just the facts. That's all there is. That's what you'll be for forever. That's your scarlet letter. Your scarlet letter is C for COVID. But, but in order to make sure everybody knew what it was, I would write it in Chinese. Screw you. That's pretty damn good, Tony. That's pretty, You know that's good. You know, you're with me. You know where I'm at, Boo Bear. So we're sending troops down to the border in order to engage the protection of the border because the border is going to have a run as if somehow it isn't already having a run. As of the month of April 2023 and fiscal year 23, the Rio Grande Valley sector, where McAllen, Texas is, had over 2,000 Chinese nationals appear at their doorstep. How many more do you think are going to come now? 2,000 Chinese nationals at their doorstep. According to Border Patrol, only 46% of the encounters at the border resulted in a Title 42 expulsion. So now you're going to have, what, uh, another million um, who are going to be able to now walk in the front door and claim asylum because they're taught to lie? They are taught to lie, by the way. I didn't want to talk about the border. I got a lot of things to get to. I don't want to talk about the border, but when you're talking about putting troops on the border, 1,500 military personnel for 90 days to supplement Border Patrol efforts. These 1,500 military personnel will fill critical capability gaps such as ground-based detection and monitoring, data entry, and warehouse support until Border Patrol can address these needs through contracted support. Oh, now they're going to get the money to do this. They need the people. And what are they still working on? Are they going to be working on apprehensions or are they going to be working on the humanitarian? Are they going to be working on apprehending those people sneaking into the country and sending them back? Or are they going to be working on rescuing girls from being raped and making sure three-year-olds get fed? Just asking what 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 the job's going to be for Border Patrol while the military's down there. Most troops will come from active duty army. Well, of course, that was going to be the case. And will be armed for self-defense. It's different than how they would normally be armed. No automatic weapons at the border? That'd be kind of weird. Unsure is, uh, I'm reading the story from uh, the Daily Caller uh, News Foundation, Unsure whether or not uh, the troops would be uh, called from active duty units or called up from the ready reserve. 
That is unknown. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is expected to approve the request from Homeland Security today. That according to Politico. Maybe I should be impressed that Biden's going to actually send some more people to the border. Maybe I should be impressed that this is going to take place. But I, I would I would more think that one should wonder exactly how many people are going to be stopped after May 11th. Because it looks like floodgates are about to open. And things are going to get worse than they already are. And that's near impossible. I'm Tony Katz. Traveled on the penny of a prominent Democratic billionaire, the Pritzker family. Now, J.B. Pritzner is the Democrat governor of the state of Illinois, from which our chairman hails. I, I would be shocked if the chairman of this committee has not had multiple meals with the Pritzker family. Justice Breyer was a longtime member of the board that awarded the Pritzker Architecture Prize. Now, what did that mean? That meant Justice Breyer traveled on the dime of these Democrat billionaires. In 2019, Justice Breyer traveled to New York City, to Vancouver and Paris. In 2018, Justice Breyer traveled to Ireland and Spain. In 2016, he traveled to New York, Spain and France. In 2013, he traveled to Norway, Sweden, Denmark. In 2012, he traveled to Beijing and to London. All of this paid for by the Pritzker Foundation. Now, none of my Democrat colleagues are mad about this. And let me be clear. I'm not suggesting Justice Breyer is corrupt. What I'm suggesting is this committee is corrupt because this is a kangaroo circuit circus. And I will note, we had 15 Senate Democrats, including six members of this committee, send a letter to the Appropriations Committee threatening to cut off the funding for security at the Supreme Court. That is Ted Cruz. Live as it happened, where they're having in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings on Supreme Court ethics. Why? Because Clarence Thomas took some trips with a guy by the name of Harlan Crow. And Clarence Thomas can't do that. And one of the things that Ted Cruz said, something that we discuss on the show all the time, if you're black and conservative, you're not really black, which is exactly the point. Clarence Thomas gets abused because he's a black conservative, and that's unacceptable. That's indecent to the political left. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. And as this hearing is is going on, I was able to capture some audio, and he's talking about Senator Dick Durbin there, who uh, wants to push forth the idea that oh, it's so important that the court have the highest ethics in the land. To most objective people, this is not the ordinary course of business, nor should it be a standard for those of us in public service. We wouldn't tolerate this from a city council member or an alderman. It falls short of ethical standards we expect of any public servant in America. And yet the Supreme Court won't even acknowledge it's a problem. The Chief Justice's letter doesn't mention it. Meanwhile, the rest of the federal judiciary and the executive and legislative branches have codes of conduct designed to prevent even the appearance of fraud, abuse, or corruption. 
As this chart tells us, the Supreme Court is an outlier on the basics. This is untenable. Ethics cannot simply be left to the discretion of the nation's highest court. The court should have a code of conduct with clear and enforceable rules so both justices and the American people know when conduct crosses the line. The highest court in the land should not have the lowest ethical standards. I guess that goes for all those Democrat members as well. I guess it goes for them as, as well. But if we're going to talk about standards, as Senator John Kennedy points out, let's talk about standards. I remember the Democratic leader's words of March 4th, 2020, on the steps of the United States Supreme Court, like they were yesterday. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, he said, not Justice Gorsuch, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Wow. Just wow. I think Matthew twelve thirty six is correct. For by thy words you shall be justified, and by thy words you shall be condemned. Let's remember, if we're going to talk about ethics, or we're going to talk about decency, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, threatened to members of the court, never mind the court in its entirety. He incited people to riot and be violent against Supreme Court justices. It's no wonder that people came uh, to protests wanting to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. It's all Chuck Schumer's fault. He should be expelled from the Senate post haste. Oh, I can't I can't hold him responsible. He he's not responsible for inciting. Huh? There's a standard. If the left wants to talk ethics, I am down. If we want to have some equal application, I am good for it. I am there for it. That doesn't ever seem to be the thing that they're interested in. That that equal application thing. You know, it's it's like um it's like they view a taxation. What's theirs is theirs and what's yours is questionable. It's it's the same thing, you know. What what they do is fine. When when um Representative Ocasio-Cortez takes tickets for the Met Gala, which she didn't get to go to this weekend. Oh, I felt so bad for her. Uh, well, you know, that that's totally cool. That's totally fine. Don't even talk about that. But everybody else, oh, they got to get questioned up and down and left and right. You want to talk about ethics? Let's talk about ethics. Let's talk about, as um, Ted Cruz uh, discussed, let's talk about people like Stephen Breyer, former uh, justice, who took over 200 trips on somebody else's dime. Let's talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who took over 150 trips on somebody else's dime. If that's wrong, it's wrong. To say that's just about Clarence Thomas, yeah, the left hates black conservatives. Shocker. If you're black, you're only allowed to think one way, according to the left. That's pretty gross. I'm Tony Katz. 
in just more proof that the end of the world is nigh, Donald Trump, former president of the United States, will be participating in a town hall on CNN. What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't I don't get it at all. I don't understand it. I don't know why CNN is doing it. I know why Trump is doing it. I get why Trump is doing it. It's because, well, he's got nothing to lose. He gets to go on CNN and prove that he's tough. He gets to go on CNN and say fake news, fake news. And I I can't do a Trump impression. I, If I could, I, I would. But I can't, I, I can't. I just, I just can't do a Trump impression. Hello. Hey, sir, I was just saying how I can't do an impression of you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number, 833-GOT-TONY. That's how you get to be a part of the show. What in the world is this thing going to say? What in the possible world is going to get asked what rational conversation is going to happen when Caitlin Collins got announced? She's from the morning show that used to have Don Lemon. <laughs> that was a that was a fun show. A vicious mother, isn't he? Well, he was. Did she, like, pick the short straw? Oh, don't tell me I have to moderate this thing. Or was she like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. Because there's no lose. Whatever Trump says, it doesn't even matter. Or are you now held to account to push back at everything Trump says? But that's just it. Is it all pushback from CNN? Or is there an actual conversation that takes place with people who don't even understand Trump to begin with? Because you know that's true, right? Look, I've, I have been very, very clear. Uh, when it comes to policy, I am very much aligned with Trump on, I would say, on the majority of it, not the totality of it. Uh, tariffs are taxes. There's a great example. I like tariffs as a tool to be able to get to the trade deal. I don't like tariffs for the sake of tariffs. We're bringing in billions of dollars. We're costing the American people billions of dollars. Let's just be clear about what it is that, that's happening there. But it... In, 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 in approach, not necessarily my guy. And do I believe he's the only guy? Gosh, of course not. What you want is to learn the lessons of Trump. You don't necessarily want to have to depend on Trump. This idea of idol worship, there's only one guy, is to me bad juju, baby. It's bad. It's a bad way to go about things. It's about building out the tree. 
Trump teaches people to fight and how to fight. You take that, you modify it, you move it, and you build on it. Then you engage the concept of not being embarrassed or ashamed of or afraid of your conservatism. And remember, Trump's not a conservative. This is what happened. We got lucky. He followed the advice of people who were conservatives, engaged in some conservative thought process, and that's why we had success. It's that when he bought in, he bought in in full. Even if he was buying in because he thought it was politically expedient, that part doesn't matter to me. I got a result that provided tremendous value. So when you are absolutely unafraid to engage the conversation, isn't that exactly what, what Tucker was saying in that video that he made? That everyone, everyone freaked out. I have not brought up the Tucker stuff. Everyone freaked out with that Tucker video. Well, first there was the video of when you speak uh, truthfully and honestly, uh, you're powerful. Well, I, I believe that to, to be true, and I think everybody would believe that they're speaking truthfully and honestly, even even when they're, when they're not. <laughs> You'll find people be like, oh, that's the truth. Oh, that's so powerful. But the, the, the truth of more often than not rises to the top eventually, we we find it. We we find the thing. And then there was the whole thing about Tucker and and uh, News Nation. Um, the the whole uh, not News Nation, uh, Fox Nation. Sorry, News Nation is a totally different network. That uh, Tucker had a lot of content on Fox Nation. He's like, and, and there's this video that's out there now. While he's on the Tucker Carlson Today set. Saying, you know what, this is this is terrible. Uh, Fox Nation, no one can get to it. No one can decipher it. You can't navigate it. Everything, it's, it's just, it's garbage. It's it's crap. I'd rather just dump everything on YouTube. At least people will see it that way. And people are like, you see, he was bad-mouthing his own network. I don't think it's as bad as other people uh, may want to say uh, that it is. Certainly, it's not great. And why he would ever have that level of an honest conversation on a phone call that he's having via speakerphone on the set of a show is is beyond me. I would not have done that. But saying that the the the, the website is infuriating to him, it, it can't be watched. No one's watching Fox Nation. I mean, that's that's a conversation that would be kind of standard in a lot of places. Guys, no one's paying attention to that. No one's doing. Why, we, we've got a problem here. It was. It's much less ugly than people uh, made ma- made it out to be. It really is. But I, I, I bring this back now to this town hall with with Trump. This town hall with Trump. What do we think we're going to get out of it? Like, what could you? What What is it possible? What is possibly something that you could expect? From a CNN town hall. How are you not going to be eight minutes into it and be all like, not even supposed to be here today. Like, I'm just done. I am done 12 minutes later. Right. Trump gets anything he wants out of it because he can spin it any way he likes. CNN, they got to be taking it on the chin because they're allowing it. How could you give this guy any more? You told us that it was an embargo. You told us that you wouldn't uh, play nice, that you weren't going to give this guy a platform, and then here you are. Yes. Yes, here they are. Because you can't deny that Trump's there. Whatever happened to just the recognition of reality? He's there. He's not going anywhere.
He's in New Hampshire. He's given speeches in New Hampshire. You you got a race for president. He's the former president. You got to cover it. What kind of fool doesn't cover it? This is Chris Licht at play, the CEO. His job is to cover the stories. And he's right to do it. Just like he was right to get rid of Don Lemon. And we said it, guys. We we saw it coming the second it happened. The second that Lemon was moved to mornings, we said, this morning show won't last six months. This morning show is a temporary stop. We knew that was coming. And we knew the moment when he had the conversation where basically he was getting nasty with Vivek Ramaswamy, presidential candidate, that this was out of control, that this was nuts. Chris Lick, the CEO, has got a very, very long game he has to play in rebuilding CNN into being a news organization. And part of it is actually reporting the news. And part of it is removing the people who believe that they are the news. Brian Stelter, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, although Cuomo was uh, certainly before licked. People who believe that they are the news. News is whatever we say it is. People who have total disdain for their audience, disgust for their audience. Allow me to say this as clear as day. You cannot sit in this chair and hate the person sitting in your chair. You can't do it. To be on radio and hate the person sitting in their car, you can't do it. It's impossible, impossible to do such a thing. They did. They hated everybody who didn't accept what they said as fact. There is no difference, mind you, between Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Brian Stelter, and Bill Crystal. There is absolutely no difference between them. In all of these cases, they believe that they are the arbiter. That only they know that they are indeed tapped with a secret knowledge, as David Mamet wrote in his book, as Barry Weiss discussed of those writers over there at the New York Times. You can add Mara Gay to that list. They believe that only they know, only they have the knowledge, only they have the ability to share it with the others. Therefore, they should be respected, no lauded, nay glorified in their position. And Chris Licht was right to get rid of Lemon and to get rid of Stelter. And he should get rid of Acosta too. Do you get rid of people like Dana Bash and Caitlin Collins and Poppy Harlow? I don't think so. You need to have some people to run the organization. (laughs) Somebody's got to be on TV. Do you go about hiring conservatives? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you start trusting your audience. You start trusting your audience that they can handle 
the conversation. People ask me, oh, why don't you have, why don't you interview Democrats? Who, who, who do you want me to interview? Who do you want me to interview? Who do you want me to discuss these things with? Because just as much as I get that question, I, you tell me if this is true, guys. You, you tell me, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. I hear this a lot, but I hear it. I hear it as a compliment, and I believe they mean it as a compliment, but it doesn't always come across that way because I think it would be very hard for me to accept the idea that somehow I'm not a conservative. Follow this. I often hear that one of the things that is liked about the show is that I come from it I come to things from a rational point of view as opposed to a hard edge point of view. And sometimes people refer to that as middle of the road. And I'm, I admit, I totally recoil. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Kylan? Kylan is, is running the board today. Hey, Kylan, how are you? Doing well. All right. By the way, Kylan, available for all your acting gigs a uh, future uh, Oscar winner, uh, Kylan. Uh, you're, you're you're making a commercial. You need to hire Kylan. That's all there is to it. I there agree. it is. There, please. I'm here for you. Wait, did, were you saying please? Were you actually begging the people? Well, if you have something, then I might as well. I'd love to be a part. There it is. Thanks, Tony, for being my agent. There. Shh, I only take sixty-two percent. Only sixty-two. Yeah. I know. I know. What a deal. What can I say? I'm a giver. Um. You you listen to this show often day in and day out, whether you like it or not. Um, would you describe me as a middle-of-the-road type of guy? A middle-of-the-road? Right, like um, like somewhere between, like, like would you consider me a centrist, somewhere between a liberal and a, and a conservative? Personally, no. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm fully aware of who I am, damn it. Yet I get that like all the time and they're not actually saying that I'm I'm a centrist. They're saying that the way we present a conversation isn't this radical edged thing where you're just calling people stupid and, and moving on. You're you're saying, OK, here's what they're saying and here's what I'm saying. And here's why this is matters. And this is why this is wrong and and, and breaking it down like like. That's considered almost like 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 radical thought. I would say to you that it is true that the last thing America wants is that in the middle thing. I think they've proven they don't want it. No matter what they say, they don't want it. But what people do want is a way to have something rationally explained as opposed to emotionally explained so they can decide whether or not it's something they can utilize in their life or utilize as something against something they believe. The breakdown is what's needed. And so when I say that CNN could benefit greatly from hiring conservatives, it's because they can give the audience more. Fox News does a very good job of putting people on from the left. Sometimes those people, it's ridiculous. Oh, I've debated those people. Sometimes it's just flat out painful. 
But sometimes it's valuable because you get to hear what it is they're saying. And then you learn how to counter that argument. I would say that that's true of MSNBC, but it's not true of MSNBC. If the best you could do is Michael Steele, who has long given up as conservative bona fides. If the best you could do is Rick Wilson, whose only interest is hating Trump and, oh, by the way, stealing your cash and covering uh, for uh, uh, John Weaver, who's trying to make it with 17-year-old men. I'm sorry, boys. You're not getting multiple sides. Is that what CNN is going to get out of having this this uh, town hall with Trump? No, what they're going to get is ratings. And just like Trump's going to spin it, so will they. So will they. Oh, I can't believe that they're doing it. Except Chris Licht is trying to remind them that they're a news organization and you deal with newsmakers. Kind of respect that. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is down over 400, was down over 500. The Nasdaq down 150 because the Fed, well, are they going to raise those interest rates? And the answer is yes. How is this a question? We know what's coming. You know what's coming. Your Meemaw knows what's coming. Get ready for it. Find everything at TonyCats.com. I got to stop running late. This is Tony Katz today.